We know that there are 613 mitzvahs in the Torah, and the Rambam has a book called Sefer HaMitzvahs, in which he lists what are the 613 mitzvahs, the 365 prohibitions, negative commandments, and the 248 positive commandments, things that we're told to do. Now, when the Rambam lists the mitzvahs, he doesn't do it according to the way they appear in the Torah. There's another book called Sefer HaChinuch. He lists the mitzvahs according to the way they appear in the Torah. Puruvu and Bereshis, Brismila and Lechlecha. The Rambam, however, has a logical way that he lists the mitzvahs. The first mitzvah he lists is Emuna, faith in God which is in Parshas Yisra, the Ten Commandments. The second one is Shema Yisrael, the mitzvah of the unity of God, that only God exists, even though that's all the way in the book of Devarim. The Rambam lists it second because of its importance. And so on and so on, the Rambam has reasons for how he listed the mitzvahs. But the Lubavitch Rebbe asked in this talk that we've been learning since yesterday that seemingly... You would imagine the last mitzvah should be a grand finale, as indeed, in the Torah, the last mitzvah is the writing of the whole Sefer Torah. Makes sense. But that's not what the Rambam lists as the last mitzvah. The last mitzvah, according to the Rambam, is the mitzvah from this week's parsha, Lodun Bedine Nachales, the mitzvah on courts to make rulings when it comes to inheritance. The laws of inheritance. You know, this week the, the daughters of Tzlovchad came and they said that our father didn't have sons, only daughters, and then there became all the rules and regulations about inheritance. It's one of the mitzvahs, and the Rambam lists as the last and final mitzvah. The goal of all mitzvahs, so to speak, is the Indian idea of inheritance. What does that mean? So we learned yesterday, How praiseworthy are we? How good is our portion? Our portion means, just like the land of Israel was given out in a rational, logical distribution, so too we have a level of relationship with God that depends on how much we earn it. Like when you buy something, you're the one that makes the transaction. And so too, when it comes to this revealed aspect of our conscious selves, the closer we feel to God, the more of a relationship we have with God is dependent on our actions. That's chelkeinu. Umanoim goyroleinu, how pleasant is our lot that we as Jews have to know that at the deepest core of who we are, we won the lottery because God gifts us the fact that He chose us. Like a person gives a gift, He chooses each and every one of us regardless, completely regardless of what we ever do or can do or will do, God is connected to us. That's our girl, that's our lot. But then it says, How beautiful is our inheritance? What could that possibly mean? Vis-a-vis God, what does it mean to inherit God? So first of all, the Rebbe says that these three levels correspond very generally to three periods of the Jewish people. Ashreinu Matev Chakeinu is the time of the Oves, Avram, Mitzek, and Yaakov, before the giving of the Torah. Then one had to earn a relationship with God. And those people that worked at it had a relationship with God. Otherwise, they didn't. Matan Torah is when God actually chose us as a nation. That's Manaim Geraleinu. And inheriting God, that's going to happen when Mashiach comes. What does it mean? What does that mean that that the grand finale, that the Rambam is listing the ultimate mitzvah is inheritance, that the whole thing we're waiting for Mashiach is to inherit? What does that mean? 
So the following is a little pilpuli, a little alumnus, a little Talmudic idea. So until now we spoke about the idea of buying something. The initiator is the one that buys it. That's how we get a relationship with Hashem based on our deeds. Then there's a gift where the person gives a gift and the giver is the initiator. That's God choosing us regardless of who we are in our essence. But then there's inheritance. How does an inheritance work? Seemingly, every time you want to make a legal acquisition in halacha, you need two parties. You need the giver of the gift and the receiver. You need the buyer and the seller. But when it comes to an inheritance, how does an inheritance work? Seemingly, the, the father, let's say, died. The parent died. So who's making the legal acquisition? Who's being makna, this thing, to the, to the, child, the, 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 the child that's inheriting? So the Rebbe brings that both Reb Chaim Brisker and the Rogachover say the same idea, and that is that when it comes to an inheritance, the property doesn't change ownership as opposed to a gift or a purchase where the item is going from one person to another. An inheritance, the property doesn't change hands, but rather like the Pasuk says in Tehillim 46, your children will be in the place of the father. The child becomes like the parent. That's what an inheritance is. The child stands in the place of the father. The child becomes like the father. Just to explain this a little better quickly. Yeah, let's say I steal your watch. And you want your watch back. You go to Bezdin, you go to Jewish court, you say you want your watch, your watch back. And I say, no, I don't want to give it to you. I love this watch. I can't get another one like it. I'll pay you for it. What's the halacha? Of course, you have to return the watch. You stole it. The guy wants it back. He doesn't want the money. He wants the watch itself. You have to return it. It might be meaningful to him, a gold watch that his father had in Vietnam. But let's say I steal your watch and then I give it to someone else or I sell it to someone else. So because the property changed hands from the stealer, from the thief to someone else, now the person from whom the watch was stolen can't get the object back, but rather has to be paid for it because it changed hands. But let's say Schmerl steals your watch and then Schmerl dies and his son inherits the watch. In this case, the son has to still give the watch back. He can't pay money because it's not considered as if the watch changed property, changed hands, changed ownership. Inheritance is that the child becomes the father and they automatically, whatever belonged to the father now belongs to the child. And now we could understand, of course, the Rambam wrote the point of all mitzvahs, the ultimate goal of all mitzvahs is to inherit God, which means to become one with the Father, with our Father, become one with God, that we will actually, when Mashiach comes, become we will become literally one with God. That's what it means to inherit God. That's what we're waiting for. That's the point of all mitzvahs. So the Rambam begins the first mitzvah, a moon of faith in God. And then through all the other mitzvahs that are done, he finally finishes, we inherit God. By doing Torah mitzvahs, we become one with Hashem. And that will be revealed when Mashiach comes.